We are, I guess we're still in the series. <laughs> I'm not okay, but Jesus is. This certainly still applies uh, to today. Um, I did change the message. We are a far cry from where we were last week, especially in terms of uh, what we were talking about, what the focus of the series uh, we really want to be. The message that I did prepare for today, it's an amazing message. It's, it's awesome. Hopefully I'll preach it uh, one day. We'll, we'll, we'll see. Um, but today I really felt the need to sort of address uh, just where we are you know, in terms of where we are as a culture, where we are as a community, where we are as a church. And listen, I'll go ahead and share it with you. I mean, there's lots of reasons. Uh, earlier in the week, you guys know, it was kind of a guideline that was kind of laid out uh, by our state and state health department and all that. Just said, hey, you know, they wanted gatherings of 100 or less. And, and if it was 100 or more, they wanted you to stop that. Well, you know, for us, we thought, well, we, you know, there's, depending on how you define that, you know, we can probably still meet. And uh, because we, we really wanted to meet. Now, listen, here's the primary, primary reason I'll tell you this morning. There's other reasons as well. One of the reasons we were still going to meet as a church, because listen, if you go to Journey, you're, you're the most intelligent people I know, okay? I know that you would make the right decision for you and your family if you needed to come. The reason we wanted to meet is because we wanted to give you the choice as to whether or not you wanted to meet. Everybody with me? Right? Okay, so much has been decided for you and on your behalf. And the, <laughs> in the last little while, you guys can, you know, there's nobody here to judge you. Say amen, amen all you want. All right. You can join in. They'll click on the thing or something online. All right. Uh, no, the, 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 really, we wanted to give you the choice. And so I really do. It was very sad for me last night when we read the, the governor's mandate and we wanted to, we're praying as a church. We don't know what next week and the next few weeks will look like. We'll keep you up to date. But we really just wanted to give you a choice. And I'm so glad for those, again, that did come uh, to hang out this morning. We're really excited uh, to just share this. I'm excited to share this message uh, with you. I did want to just take a moment and recap because I just... I don't know if we all appreciate, I know we feel it, but I don't know if we appreciate um, just how much rapid uh, change has happened that has touched our lives. We're not talking about the world right now. We're talking about us. We're talking about who we are. In just one week, okay, this is just a few things that I could find and think through, but in just one week, last Sunday... When we sat here, we had our counselors here sharing. Last Sunday, we were aware of the coronavirus. We were aware of what was going on around the world. We were aware of what was happening in parts of the states. But as far as we were concerned, for most of us, it only affected us in terms of out-of-state changes, okay? In terms of maybe business and some things like that. If we, if we do things out-of-state, travel had already kind of reduced. But it really was still sort of out there. Everybody with me? All right. Six days ago, colleges... And dorms began to close and extend their breaks and extend their sessions. And that started happening beyond that, but it was really kind of close to home. Uh, uh, Appalachian and US, USC and places like that, they closed their dorms and weren't going to let the kids stay there. They said, you know, extend your, 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 um, your spring break. Five days ago, professional, college, and recreational sports began to change. NBA, the NCAA decided not to do their tournament. The, the NBA decided, NH, NHL. I mean, across the board, I got texts and we were hearing from all the people, are my, my soccer league's done. You know, my, you know, my kids' groups are done. Four days ago, the presidential address happened, which was the additional travel bans that we saw that, I mean, it affected friends of ours who had friends who were overseas. They had kids that were in Greece at the time and were just freaking out about where they're going to be able to get home and, and all that. Three days ago, most large gatherings, again, this was the recommendation, most large gatherings, and depending on the state, was either 250 or more or 100 or more, depending on how they defined 
large gathering. They really wanted to squelch those. Man, two days ago, Disney closed. You know that's the end of the world when Disney closes, right? And President Trump announced the national emergency, and, you know, and, and that was a big deal. We also found out that CMS was changing their school system, changing their, their, their spring break calendar, only to find out yesterday that the, the North Carolina executive order came out, that school was going to be closed for the next two weeks to take time to figure out what's next. And they, wanted, they were to mandate because of concerts and other issues and things that the governor talked about, like we just we can't have any of these large, large group gatherings. Businesses, large and small, have been affected by all of this and will continue to be. Um, just asking some friends yesterday, I asked what are some of the things that have hit them, work schedules have hit them, coworkers just distracted and, and consumed by the, by the cultural questions that we don't know the answers to, consumed by parents, consumed by whether or not schools were going to close, and what to do about kids, and how that was all going to work, working parents. We know there's even larger questions uh, than that. We know plans have changed, future vacations have changed. Man, just even around here, the multiple things that we were planning to do on, uh, you know, with our youth and things with the spring break and, and Easter, those have all changed. And guys, that's in seven days. Seven days. That is a huge, like, just to, to, if you feel overwhelmed, it's okay. Because it's a huge amount of change for, for people to just kind of work through the disruption in life. When it came to the, to the virus, the, the, the COVID-19, we saw how people responded. You remember the mask fiasco when everybody bought up all the masks and everybody was wearing masks until they found out that masks didn't do any good, right? They bought up all the masks and they realized there was no reason, unless you were actually sick, there's no reason to wear the mask. And then we saw, you know, supplies start to run low. There's a lone bottle of hand sanitizer at Walgreens. Couldn't find them anywhere. Same thing was true of the big box stores. Costco and Sam's started talking about bottled water and other supplies that just continued to fly off the shelf and just sort of panic buying. And this was Target yesterday. This was Target. We don't know who has all the toilet paper. We don't know. We, we, I, I have yet to find out who has it. But that was Target yesterday. And I know it's looked that way for a while. Guys, overall, I mean, the, the issue we know is true is that there is a great deal of fear in our culture, in our society. There's a great deal of fear and this sort of response rooted in fear that's affecting all of us across the board. And, you know, for me, I don't really, I have to be careful because there's a part of my personality that sort of already sort of does this thing with fear, that likes to ignore it, that likes to kind of push it off. I'm married to a beautiful, amazing bride who just hugs fear like a close blanket, you know? And we do. We, we have a wonderful, I'm just kidding, babe. We, we have a wonderful, um, we have a wonderful, you know, mix in our marriage where she does help me learn to be more cautious of things that I, you know, should be cautious of. And I learned her to kind of let loose a little bit of some of the things. But overall, we've had this discussion for the past couple of weeks is just watching the, the world, watching our nation, watching now our friends and community react and respond and just engage in fear. And, there, and really, now we're dealing with all the social distancing and kind of that, that self-preservation mentality that, to be honest, is even at its root, at its core, even though in most conversations it's, it's, it's fine, but in a lot of conversations at its core, it's really still fear. It's still fear that's driving. As I spoke about last year, if you were here for the series, 
you know, uh, this kind of fear is really driving the car. Remember, guys, remember the car illustration? Fear is driving the car right now, especially in our country, especially in our government and our leadership and, and the people really making a lot of these decisions for you. And it's really kind of affecting all of us. And so today, that's why I kind of wanted to shift the message. I really wanted to talk about this. This is, I've sent this, ver- this is my life verse. I've sent this out in every communication that I can, can, I get, can give you. And I'll say it a thousand more times. Because I believe this is the core of my being, that God has not given us a spirit of fear. I'm not saying that we don't have things to be afraid of. I'm saying God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and a sound mind. Some, some translations say even self-control. That we get to have that sort of self-control even over our own feelings. And I believe that we are in a unique time in our country, in our culture, in our community, with our friends and our neighbors and our family, I think we're in a unique time, a catalyst moment where we have the opportunity to respond in such a way that really, guys, really separates the church, separates the followers of God into a whole category that responds differently in this moment than what we see in our culture, than what we see in this world. And that's us exercising faith over fear. That's us exercising our faith over fear. Now, there's lots of moments that come and go in terms of how we exercise our faith over fear, but, but really it comes down to, I'm going to talk about it just today, from this crisis, from this pandemic, from this current disruption, if you will, this current crisis, health in terms-wise, in our culture. How do we exercise faith over fear? And what does God want to do in that? There's so many verses to choose from, obviously, in terms of Scripture, but I, cho- I get to choose all my favorites today. This is from Isaiah 43. I don't know if you've, ever, if you've read this in a while, but this is another echoing phrase you see in Scripture a lot. Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name, Courtney and Nate and Jim and Holly. I have called you by name. You're mine. This is God speaking to his people. And when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through thick rivers or through uh, rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned and the flames will not consume you. Keep going down the list, right? If the if the virus gets worse before it gets better, you're going to be okay. I am with you. If you don't know what to do with your kids next week and you're not sure what's going to happen in the next few weeks, God says, but you're mine. I've called you by name. I'm with you. If a family member or a close friend does get sick and the fears that you have now or the reasons you feel like you have fear now actually come to pass, he says, I I don't want you to be afraid because I am with you. You. Why? For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel. I'm your Savior. I'm your Savior. God does not change. He is with us. He is in control. There is nothing that's happening right now that's a surprise to God. He's not anxious. He's not worried. He's not short on supply of anything, including toilet paper, right? He's just not. We have no reason to be afraid. That doesn't mean, again, that there's not things that want to cause us fear, but we do not need 
to be afraid. I'm going to give you three words that I really feel like God gave me this week. As I was just processing things and hearing things, and even as I kind of, we walked towards this weekend, before, even before we made the decision to just do online, I'd already wanted to change the message. And these were the words that I feel like God gave me. In terms of how do we exercise right now in this moment, how can we exercise faith over fear? What does God want to do in and through us in this time, in our unique season, in our, in our country and in our community and in our history right now? Well, the first, and by the way, I, I went full Baptist on you. They're all M words, okay? So you've got to remember these today, all right? First thing I think he's doing is he's going to mature. He's going to mature us through this season. I think right now there's an opportunity for all of our faith to grow, our spiritual lives to grow, our spiritual understanding to grow, to go from from a head knowledge to a heart knowledge. Listen, most people in the room, most people online, if you've been following God for any period of time, you probably already know that the Bible tells us not to be afraid. You probably can even quote a verse. You may not know where it's found. You may not know the full context, but you probably could even quote a verse that says, fear not and don't be afraid. But the problem is there's something about saying it, and in the same breath in our conversations every day, we're saying, yeah, but did you know it can stay in your throat for like four days and you don't even know it's there? Oh, no, no, I know we're not supposed to be afraid, but my family, my parents, my friends are the people on the list who are most, who, who could really suffer the most from this. Yeah, I know he says not to be afraid, but listen, we're already barely making ends meet as it is. I can't afford the kids to be out of school. I can't afford the situation that's going to happen. And the problem is it's got to go from, this is why the maturity is needed, it's got to go from do not fear and become a conviction. Be something where it's there. You're going to struggle. Every one of us is going to struggle. I'm going to say this the right way, but every one of us is going to struggle to the degree of the size of our butts. Everybody get that right? Okay. To the degree of the size of our butts is going to be the degree that we need to be maturing in our faith and maturing in God. Sure, there's huge butts. There's there's big issues in your mind, but but it's got to go from do not fear, fear not. I am the Lord. I am with you. I've called you by name. You are mine. And be challenged in the moment when you want to let that butt bring you into fear, into the spirit of fear, for God to say, no, 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 it's time to exercise faith over fear. One of the more, again, more famous, more well-known passages where Jesus does this for his disciples. He does this many, many times for his disciples, helps mature them, helps see their, them become growing in their under, not just understanding, but growing in their faith. Jesus begins to take them out into the boat, and they started across the lake with his disciples. And suddenly a fierce storm struck the lake and waves breaking into the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. He was taking a nap. The disciples went and woke him, shouting, Lord, save us. We're going to drown. Lord, save us. We're we're all going to die. We're all going to drown. And Jesus responded, why are you afraid? You have so little faith. And then he got up 
And he rebuked the wind and the waves, and suddenly there was a great calm. Just by the sound of his voice, just by the, the command of your Savior. The disciples were amazed. Who is this man? They asked that even the winds and the waves obey him. Right? This is, this is just one of the many lessons that Jesus is going to walk his disciples through until eventually we know they finally got it. They finally began to live these fearless lives where it went from head knowledge to a, <coughs> to a heart knowledge to a conviction. But in that moment, they were still maturing. Jesus, what are you doing sleeping? Do you not know what's going on? Do you not see what's happening? Far too many Christians right now are wrapped up in the same conversations that everyone else is having concerning this pandemic, concerning this virus, concerning all the changes. Far too many Christians, listen, for far too many Christians, your immaturity is showing, okay? Your immaturity is showing because you will claim and you'll put little verses on your, on your email of do not fear and don't be afraid, but your butt is huge, Right? Because right now it feels overwhelming. It's like, but you don't understand. God, why are you sleeping at the wheel? Do you not see what's going on? And Jesus just challenges them. And listen, I, I, I'll be honest. Like, You may disagree with me, but Jesus didn't seem to have a problem. Like, He didn't seem to be too worried about offending his disciples. When he just flat out just challenged them, like, where's your faith? Why are you afraid? I think sometimes the Holy Spirit needs to say that to us clearly when we're in the midst of these conversations and our immaturity is showing and, and we are bowing to the spirit of fear. We need to be challenged in our hearts and say, wait, 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 why do you have so little faith right now? What's going on with you? What's happened? Because Jesus can do anything in the storm. And as we are called to mature, our, the goal of maturing is to take us from being the disciples to being more like Jesus, to being the, oh my God, speaking to Jesus, oh my Jesus, we're going to drown, we're going to die, to take a naps. Now listen, some of this is hard. Some of this is hard because when you don't respond in fear to a culture that is driven by a spirit of fear, they're going to be very upset with you. Okay, they're not going to like it. Listen, number one, that nobody wants to, that when they're in the sandbox of fear and you don't want to play with them, they take offense to that. Come play in the sandbox of fear with me, okay, in terms of conversation. So they're not going to like that initially. The other reason is we've, we have a culture that if you don't respond in fear when they feel like there's something to respond in fear about, then you don't care. Then you're apathetic. That you're naive. And you say, no, that's an opportunity for us to say, listen, I, I care deeply. I want, the, you know, I want to lower the curve just like you do. But I'm not afraid. I will not give in and engage with this spirit of fear. And I can't answer the question for you. You're going to have to think through your conversations this past week because you were one of two people in the conversations this past week. You were a disciple. Oh, my God, we're going to drown. We're going to die. Jesus, why are you sleeping at the wheel? Or you were more like Jesus, taking a nap. Not concerned at all 
because he was in control. He wants to mature us. Second, second word that came to mind this week was model. Why does he want to mature us? Well, the reason he wants to mature us is because he wants to do something in us and through us, and he wants to have us model Jesus to this watching world. Again, the part of sanctification that we're called to is to become more and more like Jesus. Again, we're either going to be the disciples in the boat or we're going to be Jesus. We like to create characters that don't exist in the story. But the reality is we are going to respond one of two ways, in faith or in fear. And the maturing in us is to help us model for this world, model for each other what Jesus looks like in this moment. Matter of fact, Paul says this to the church in, uh, in Corinth. He says, all of us who have had the veil removed, he's talking about followers of Christ. We've had the veil removed. We understand the mystery of God through Jesus Christ, his son. We can see. We can see it, and we can reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, he makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. That's the goal, right? That's the goal of the maturing is to help us model who Jesus is, who Jesus can be in these times, in these moments, in the crisis, in our current crisis that we're in. We reflect him. And it's not just, and I want you to see this, it's not, again, because you're going you're gonna to have a lot of people kind of challenge you with apathy or not caring. It's not just in what we don't do in terms of responding in fear, panicking, anxious, worrying. It's not just in the things we don't do, it's in the things that we do do. The things we do instead. Paul says it this way. I don't want you to worry about anything. Another translation says, says, be anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything, but instead, pray about everything. See, it's not just in what we don't do, it's in what we do as well. It's the thing that we replace it with. I want you to pray about everything. I want you to tell God what you need and thank him for all he's done. We're so blessed. Then you will experience God's peace which exceeds anything we can understand. Some translations say it's the, it's the peace that passes understanding. One of the ways we model Jesus to this world, to each other, is not just in kind of ignoring fear, because we don't want to ignore anything. But we don't want to respond in fear, but instead... What are we called to do? We're called to pray. We're called to give it to God. We're called to take it to the one who has the answers. We're called to, to intercede for each other, to thank God for what he's done, to intercede. And then we get to experience, is what Paul says, we get to experience when we don't do the thing that spirit of fear wants us to do, and we do instead engage this way, we get to experience peace. And a peace in the midst of the storm, guys, is something that this world wants to see. Initially, they're going to fight you on it, but they ultimately want peace in their storm. And we have the opportunity to experience it ourselves and model that for people to have peace in the midst of worry and concern and anxiousness. I don't, I don't, 
you know, push down anyone's fears. I don't tell, I don't shame people because they're, they're worried about their friend or their, or their, their elderly parents. I'm not going to shame people that want to, that want to sit indoors and, and kind of help, you know, kind of, kind of isolate for a little while. I don't want to shame them, but I do want them to understand I'm not going to engage in a spirit of fear with them. I want to pray for them. I want to pray with them. I want to help them understand that if they take it to God, if, they, if they, would, they would reject this and engage this, there's the possibility that even though things might still get worse before it gets better, there is a peace that passes all understanding. There's a peace that we can live in, that we can engage in. Today is, uh, it was declared a national day of prayer, March 15th because of this, this issue that our country is facing. And I would challenge you today, just today, I challenge you right now as you're online, you know, as you read more articles, as you read more memes, as you read more, more things about how much worse it can be and how much worse it's going to get, I challenge you, before you hit the share button or the like button or the, the engage button, I want you to share a prayer with others. It's a national day of prayer. Share a prayer. Share scripture that will encourage people with God's peace at this time. How are you going to engage today? It's a great opportunity to share your faith and share the absolute hope of Jesus with, with people that are, again, a watching world, that are watching how you and I will respond to this. He wants to mature us. He wants to, to model him to this world. Last one, the last M, is he wants to mobilize. I believe he wants to mobilize his church. Again, again, unique opportunity that we have right now in our community, just in our community alone, not even our world, not even talking about the world right now. We're not talking about something too big that you can't put your arms around. I'm talking about right now, your neighborhood, this community, this city. There's unique opportunities that are presenting themselves for us to mobilize as God's people, to mobilize as the church. And this is going to be, listen, I'll just go ahead and share with you right now. This is one of those things that you may not agree with me on, and that's fine. I've never asked people to, to, to agree with me if they don't agree with me. You can disagree with me, it's fine. If you feel like you need to write a nasty email, that's great. I'll read it, I'll, I'll respond, and then delete what I sent you, and, uh, and won't send it to you, and I will still love you, Okay. You do not need to agree with me. But as I said before, I really, I don't believe that God is asking his people in this unique moment to sit in the sidelines and to self-isolate under some sort of broad, generic concern that really is rooted still in self-preservation and fear because that does not align with who we are called to be. That does not align with the gospel. That doesn't align with who we are as followers of Christ. He's not called us to do that. He's called us to serve. He's called us to find opportunities right now to share hope, to share the, the church is the light of the world. We share the absolute hope with the world. And we have some unique opportunities right now to do so. You've heard me read this before. Again, this is a great day of all my favorite passages. Jesus is sharing with his disciples and teaching, he says, to one group of people. 
He said, for I was hungry and you, you gave me something to eat. He's, can, he's, he's praising them. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink and I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me and I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. And then the righteous will answer him. This is the group he's talking to. Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and give you something to drink? And when do we see you a stranger and invite you in and needing clothes and, and clothe you? When, did you? when do we ever see you sick or in prison and serve you and, and, and visit you? And the king will reply, because this, this is Jesus telling this story. He says, truly I tell you, whatever you did for the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did it for me. This is a time in which Jesus talks about the personal responsibility he's given to his people and made it very personal to him. That, that, that these are the opportunities that you have when I was hungry and when I was thirsty and when I was sick and when I was in, in need. You came and you served and you helped and you, you engaged. And when you did it, you did it to me. That's how the church in the first 300 years of its history was identified and marked. I'm not going to read you tons of history, but you can look it up online. There's, there's a great many sicknesses and plagues and epidemics that hit Rome and hit that part of the world where the church was, was growing and thriving. And as most cases, in terms of just as we read history, even the pagan history that's written highlights the unique way in which Christians responded. The followers of Christ responded, followers of the way responded, that when people in that self-preservation mentality, when people abandoned the sick, when people left and, and sort of hunkered down, it was the Christians, it was the followers of the way who went out and served the least of these. They were the ones who found opportunities to care for the sick to see them be healed, to pray for them, to, to help them even in their final moments, recognize Jesus and bring them to faith. And that, and, and that's how the church, it was the these were some of the finest hours of the church. Not the finest hours of history, the finest hours of the church in spite of what was going on. Jesus, of course, the part that I didn't read is that Jesus is talking to two groups of people, and he talks to one group, and he says, I want to praise you for this, and the, here's what you did, and when you did it, you did it for me. And, and then he casts judgment on a second group of people. And he says the inverse of the same thing. He says, you know, when I was hungry, you didn't feed me. When I was thirsty, you didn't do this. And when I was in need, you didn't serve. And when I, when, I, when I did this, you didn't, when I needed this, you didn't rise up. You didn't take advantage of it. You didn't invite me in. You didn't visit me. You didn't care for me. And they responded, yeah, but God, when? When did you do, like, when did this happen? When did we, when did we see you sick and not do something? And Jesus gives the exact same response in verse 45. He says, you have to understand, though, when you refused to do it for the least of these, you were refusing to do it to me. When you refused to do it for the least of these, you were refusing to do it to me. And we have to be careful with our excuses. Yeah, but God, the, the health department says that 
you know, we can't, we can't engage this way right now. It's just not safe. Yeah, but Jesus, the, the governor yesterday said we can't, we're not supposed to gather like that anymore. We're not supposed to do this. We're supposed to just lay low. Yeah, but Jesus, again, you, I don't know if you understand that it can stay in the throat for like four days. It can get in the nose and it can, we can test negative one day and maybe even be positive the next. Like, like Jesus, you don't understand. Like it's just, it's so, we're so uncertain. We just don't know. There's, there's so much there. I don't feel like I can do that. Now, don't hear me saying what I'm not saying. I'm not saying that you don't use wisdom and I'm not saying you don't follow the science that we believe God gave us to help us work through this. I'm just telling you, we have personal responsibilities and personal accountabilities to God. I want us, you and me both, to be careful about the excuses we bring Jesus when we don't engage serving others in this time. When we don't take advantage of the opportunities to find ways to serve the least of these. I believe God's going to put opportunities in your lap right now. I believe as he matures you and as you model what that looks like to, to not engage in a spirit of fear, but of peace and of power and of sound mind, that God's going to lay out for you opportunities to serve. And he's saying that when you take advantage of those things, you're not just doing it to them. You're doing it for me. I can't answer that question for you. That's you. That's, you, that's the only thing. That's between you and God. I just want us to be careful but what excuses we think we're giving him in this moment, in this time. I can tell you as a church, I can just tell you as a church, as an organization, as a, as a group, um, we're going to serve. We're, going, we're not going to sit on the sidelines of this. We're going we're to do all that we can to actually create more ways for us to engage this city, to engage this community, to find, we have so many needs popping up that we can barely even organize around them. We're just going to have to find ways to meet as many needs as we can. So I just want to just let you know, as a church, we're going to serve those during this crisis. We're going to serve as many as we possibly can. We're going to pour out resources into serving them. We're going to create ways and maybe new ways to reach people during the week and during the weekends. If we can't continue to meet the way we, we usually meet, that's fine. We're going to find ways to do this. And I'm telling you, we will do all short of sin and breaking the law to come together to find ways to unite as the church, to find ways to mobilize the church. If it's 99 of us, we will go serve the one, right? We will. We will, we will do everything we must do to take advantage of the opportunity we have to share absolute hope with people that need it right now more than ever. I want you to understand again, every time we read scripture about do not fear, do not be afraid, fear not, it doesn't mean there's not reason to fear. It doesn't not mean that there's not, I mean, Paul, I mean, David said it this way. I love David's words as David writes in the psalm. He says, look, even though I walk through the darkest valley, we learned it as growing up, the valley of the shadow of death. Why was there a shadow of death there? Because people died there. That's why. I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Like, even though there is cause for concern, even though there's reason, even though there's things that, yes, I am praying fervently for things that are real and are happening, 
but I'm not called to fear. I'm called to respond in power and love and a sound mind. I really do want to just kind of pray this over you as a benediction. Um, For those watching online, I'll give you a quick announcement at the end about where we're kind of looking at over the next few weeks and how we'll continue to give you updates. But just to pray a benediction over you, it's not usually the benediction that most people get, but I want us to remember that because we are clinging so tightly to the God who claims that he is with us, the God who says, the reason we don't fear is because you are with me, because you walk with me, because you're in control, none of this is a surprise to you, and you are here. I want to just read this scripture and then pray for us as we kind of close our minds to this thought of why we do not need to engage in a spirit of fear, because he is with us. Paul says it this way in Romans. I'm convinced, I have a conviction. It's not just a head knowledge, it's a heart. That neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, nor the present, right? COVID-19, 30 cases in North Carolina. Nor the future, which we're uncertain of, how the curve's gonna go, what's happening. Nor any powers, the things we don't understand, neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation. I think that includes a virus. Nod your head if you're with me. Yeah? Yeah. Was going to be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If he is for us, who could ever be against us? Let's pray. Father, I just let that word your word, ring out as a benediction in our hearts and minds. That it's not because of who we are or because of our knowledge or because of the science or because of what the government says that we don't have to fear. God, it's because of who you are that we don't engage in the spirit of fear. And Jesus, all of this is said so much easier than done. So I pray today that you would, in this room and those online gathered together in their homes, that you would mature us in this time, challenge our faith. When we're engaging in the wrong spirit, God, just let your spirit scream out to us. Why are we afraid? Where is our faith? Why is it so little? Mature us in you. Why, God? So we can be models so we can be Jesus, so we can be your ambassadors to this world, so that we can, instead of being anxious, we can pray and intercede and and engage you, God, who has the answers to all things. We can experience and reflect a peace that people just, even we will not fully understand. And God, I'm so thankful for this church, and I'm so thankful for just the heart of our staff and leadership that wants to see this as an opportunity, wants to see the coming weeks as a way to mobilize the church, as a way to see us continue to do. We're seeing it pop up all over the neighborhood uh, you know, apps and all over the community that people want to serve, people want to engage, they want to help those in need, God. It should be, and it is, your church. 
that's going to lead this in our community. It's going to lead at the forefront of putting people in and resources in and finding those needs and rising up quickly to try to help meet them. So thankful, God, for Journey. So thankful for your work in our hearts. May today just be a time of your word challenging us. We have lots of things going on, God. There's so many, we are overloaded and overwhelmed with information in our minds. But God, I pray that today you're doing a work in our hearts to bring us your peace. We pray all this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Once again, thank you guys so much for those who did come today. Um, I'm really, really thankful you came. Just, to, just You just don't know how much that encourages me, especially since we were doing it this way uh, on this Sunday. I will let you know, for those online, we don't know what next week looks like. Good Lord, if the last seven days changed the way it changed, I don't know what seven days now looks like. I'm not even going to try to guess. I can promise you that our leadership and our staff team, we're, just, we're going to continue to pray. And we're going to continue to seek God as to what he wants us you know, to do and how we're going to continue to move forward as a church. We will do our very best to keep everybody up to date. You can go to the website. I know it's on the, 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 um, the, the, the stream right now. The website, if you go to thejourneyonline.com and click the banner, you can also do that as well. We'll go, go to the website, stay up to date with the, in, with the updates we give you. There's an opportunity on there for you to share prayer requests. We really hope you do this, that you will share prayer requests because we don't know how it's affecting different people in our community and in our church that you're, that you're connected to. We want to pray for people. Again, we don't want to be anxious about anything. We want to pray about everything. So I want you to share those prayer requests. There's a place to click it, share your prayer requests, and then on the same page you can click to see the prayer requests in the morning so you can be a part of engaging and praying for others during this time. So please do that. Again, hope you have an amazing and wonderful, wonderful rest of your Sunday. Love you guys. Thank you.